What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am joined today uh, once again by Harry Powell, MMA media member over at SevereMMA.com, host of the One Man Boot on the Severe MMA preview show and lots of other good stuff as well. Check him out over on Twitter at BJJ underscore Harry Powell. And today I want to talk a little bit about... UFC 277 and mostly actually the main event I know the lads are doing the, they'll have the full breakdown over here on uh, Shillian and Duffy on, on Shardog.com so we won't get in to that f- uh, full breakdown of the fights but I want to talk about Amanda Nunes especially so I got you on here Harry because you know we looked at the first fight we saw the first fight and we will talk another bit about that here in a second but I want to talk about Amanda Nunes overall and where she is in her career and what maybe we can expect from this first second fight so to do that what was your reading of the like that first fight again, having gone back and watched it? At the time, I think everyone was like, oh, Amanda Nunes didn't perform well. What happened? Was it an off night? Was Juliana Pena the better fighter? Was she waiting in the long grass to beat Amanda Nunes? Now that we obviously have some separation from that fight, we're getting into this fight here this week. What's your take on the first fight? And what, you know, if you had to make an assertion on that, what would it be? I think the assertion I would make was that it was a bad night. Up until that performance, we've not seen Amanda Nunes really look like she's slipped. We'd not really seen like she'd taken a back step. We saw something similar recently with Valentina Shevchenko, where Shevchenko went in and, and fought in a very, very different way to how we usually expect her to fight with a very different efficacy to how she fought. I feel like with Nunes, um, the some of the decision-making, some of the shots she was being hit with, and especially the the finish itself is not something that I think we would see Amanda Nunes finished with in, in her regular strides. Now, MMA is a game that catches up with every single fighter at, at an unexpected time, usually. So it could be that we saw Amanda Nunes just fall off, right? And, and that could be the way that she is now. But I think there seem to have been personal issues happening with, you know, the, some of the stuff happening in ATT and the things surrounded with Kayla Harrison and obviously she's a mother and, and all of that stuff. We could have seen an injury, like, you know, that hasn't come out. But my initial reading was that it seemed like an off night for Amanda Nunes. I would tend to agree with that. Now, it's it, it was an off night for Amanda Nunes, without, without a shadow of a doubt, right? I suppose the question then is, will it be the first of many off nights, if you get me? Because there, I, I would agree with you there in terms of, like, she didn't show any signs of falling off a cliff and now you know how can you show a sign of falling off a cliff but you get what i mean there was no like deterioration in performance to this point where you know even even say someone like a max holloway who maybe you could watch a few of his fights you've seen the injuries you've seen him maybe have battles you're thinking right maybe something like that could come or we i remember talking about eddie alvarez with it and others at the, uh, at the same point you know frank edgar bj Penn, lots of other people nunez was kind of destroying people now she had a couple of close rounds and she maybe there were some fights even as i suppose vantina shashinko fight where there were close fights but i agree with you that there was never that deterioration in terms of she's coming to a place in her career where it's almost the end that she's been around for a long time I I think it was a bad night as well but my thing about it my big question is it a bad night based on it being a bad night the situation for maybe a couple of months before that being an issue 
the gym being an issue, the Kayla Harrisoning, oh, your next fight's going to be the biggest fight of your career. She overlooked Pena. Pena's an easy one, right? Is that the situation? Because if that is the situation, right, she now is a new gym, you would hope and, uh, you'd, you know, she'd be better prepared coming into this fight. Uh, she'll be in shape. She will, you know, have her training. Uh, ho- hopefully, like, the, the outside the cage issues will have been sorted out, right? And she should perform right, okay? If that was the issue. If the issue is something else, though, I don't. I think we could have the same situation because if you look at someone like Conor McGregor, who I think a lot of people think his issue is probably the lifestyle outside of MMA, having getting you know taking him away from MMA. I remember him talking years ago, uh, and I I don't know who he did the interview with, but he he said he was obsessed with MMA. You know, some people like rugby and soccer and American football. And all. all he has is MMA. G- GSP said the same. Other people said the same. GSP, I remember I, I actually last week went back and watched the Hendrix fight and the commentary he gave afterwards or the interview, sorry, he gave afterwards was saying, I have stuff to deal with outside of MMA. My obsession isn't there anymore. I have to step away from MMA. And he had the foresight to do that. And that was very, very smart, obviously. Or maybe, you know, the hindsight, depending on how you think that uh, fight against Johnny Hendrix went. But we see with McGregor, I think a lot of people... Um, a lot of people think it is because of the lifestyle. And I, 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 even when I've interviewed him, I've asked him about that and said, you know, it happened with Mike Tyson and other people as well, if you got away with it. And, you know, he says no, and uh, but he's, what else is he going to say, I suppose? And the reason I'm saying this, right, is, is the same thing happening to Amanda Nunes? Because if it has, then that's a bigger problem than one bad off night. If this is a case of Amanda Nunes is too much money in the bank, if the silk sheets are too silky, if she can't get up for her run at six o'clock in the morning, that is a different situation than you have a problem with the gym, you're overlooking your opponent, you had a bad preparation. All that can be fixed by a good preparation, not overlooking the person who just beat you, being really motivated, getting back in there again. We've seen it in all sports, all teams, you know, we saw, let's say McGregor fought Diaz the first time, came back in really motivated for the second fight, was very good in that second fight. That, to me, is a massive question here coming in with Amanda Nunes. Having said that, and you, I know you gave your answer, and maybe I kind of stole your answer and gave a bit on top of it. I, I know it's pure speculation, but which do you think it is? Like, are you expecting Amanda Nunes to show up here? I am expecting Amanda Nunes to show up here. I think... One of the things that's very difficult about MMA, specifically when you're a champion of a division or multiple divisions, whatever, is you are judged solely by 15 to 25 minutes of your life, maybe twice a year at that point when you become a champion, right? And there are so many things, so many variables, so many moments, so many... uh, things that move on in your life during that time, whether that be from a training camp perspective, whether that be, you know, your daughter's now going to nursery or, you know, troubles at home with your partner or whatever, whatever. Those things I think are very, very difficult variables to manage when you're then just trying to judge somebody on a 15 to 25 minute performance, especially also when you have the added pressure of you're a champion in the UFC There's one, all of the pressure on you to stay a champion. When you become a champion, obviously you've done all the hard work. Now you have to keep it. The second is the pressure of of the financial retribution of if you lose, 
the title and what that means. And then there's also being the champion is great, but there's always a hungry challenger just underneath you that really, really desperately wants what you want. And Chris Weidman's talked about this before. Plethora of other champions have talked about it, that to keep the motivation to be a champion when you are the champion is one of the most difficult things. Now, given that Amanda Nunes is no longer the champion, right? And is coming in, you would expect her, especially having lost the way she lost, in almost an embarrassing fashion, right? It seemed as though she had no answer for, for Pena on the feet. It seemed as though she got very tired. And then it seemed as though the tap came quite early from the choke, right? There wasn't both hooks in. We didn't see her flattened out. There wasn't, you know, as tight of a strangle as sometimes you see where the, the forearm is literally dug underneath the chin and you can see the chin protruding and there's gurning and there's, it wasn't that, right? The tap came very quickly. So Amanda Nunes is obviously a prideful woman. She's a woman that's worked as hard as she's worked to get to where she is. You don't do that without being prideful. I would expect her to come out having changed camps, a fresh look on her game, a fresh look on this fight, being closer to her family, being in a, a new location and coming out and looking renewed and invigorated in this performance. But as you've just said, if it is something where she looks at her bank account and there's a couple of million in there and she's got the house and the baby has everything that the baby could need and Nina has everything that she could need and there's no question, the comfort is in abundance. We may see Pena go in and finish her again, you know? And that's very interesting because another part of this as well, and something I don't really like talking about, but it's unavoidable when you're talking about Amanda Nunes, and that's legacy. Because what Amanda Nunes is, is the greatest female fighter of all time. She knocked out um, the, the, the two best, you know, before in a one in 99 seconds, you know? And... If uh, we're, you know, Ronda Rousey and, and Chris Cyborg and combine 99 seconds for the two of them, she's been Valentina Shishinka twice. There, there is no no doubt, rhyme or reason in, in mixed martial arts. Anyway, we can look at Katie Taylor outside of that. Uh, but in mixed martial arts, she is the greatest female fighter of all time. And if she loses to Juliana, and right, if she had retired before the Juliana Pena fight, it would almost be an unassailable lead that she would have because she had beaten the, the best in her era, you know, the, the the three best in her era, if you want to put the, the two, you know, in 99 seconds and Shevchenko as well, twice. So it, even people, you know, there, there will be better fighters uh, than Amanda Nunes in, in the future. That's the way MMA always evolves, and especially women's MMA, which is a lot newer in terms of the the uh, you know the improvements obviously of men's MMA because money has only come in in the last few years and it's only been in the OC and improvements we've seen already have been absolutely insane we talked about that before and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future again but in terms of this era and beating the people in this era she is like head and shoulders above everyone else there's a debate always like who's the greatest even like if you look at light heavyweight it's, it's obviously John Jones, but some people are going to say, well, he's a drug cheat. You know, it should be Daniel Cormier or Chuck Liddell had some great wins or Tito or, you know, whether, and people say, no, Adesanya is better than uh, um, uh, Anderson or GSP and Usman or <laughs> whatever. Uh, but nobody 
in the right mind could say anyone but Amanda Nunes is the best unless you're a Bellator and you have Chris Cyborg, which we can all understand, which is fair enough. But then she loses to Pena. And now she's fighting Pena again. And that can change that. Like, you quickly go from the greatest fighter of all time to someone who was great for a while and then lost it. And then threw it all away. Like, look at the way people talk about McGregor now. Look at that run McGregor was on. He knocked out Jose Aldo in 12 seconds. He knocked out Jose Aldo in 12 seconds. And now people act like Conor McGregor is some useless lad who is, you know, was never any good anyway. He destroyed Eddie Alvarez. He beat Ned Diaz twice. He knocked out Chad Mendes. This is a great fighter. Ronda Rousey is, and if you maybe saw, that's Irish bias. Ronda Rousey is another great fighter. An absolute great. Destroyed everyone in her wake until the support, you know, found her out a little bit in terms of Holly Holm prepared really well and Amanda Nunes is Amanda Nunes and destroyed her. Now, people look at Holly or Ronda Rousey as this loser who, you know, oh, she ran away when she lost a couple of fights. Which I and I have always hated that. I have always hated that, right? And But that's the reality of it. Whether I hate it, whether you hate it, whether the people listening to this hate it or not, that is the reality of how people are looked on. When the reality of how Amanda Nunes was looked on was everyone was in agreement that she was the GOAT. And that must be insane for her to think of. Because, like, if she wins this fight against Pena, there's probably going to be a trilogy. And if she wins that, I think it's all, like, certain and done and changed. My question to you is, Harry, does that... Right. First of all, does it play a factor on her thinking coming into this? And secondly, is it a positive or a negative? Because some people can get blown away by that, and some people can rise to that. What, What do you think with Nunes? The second part of that question is an intangible and it's immeasurable, right? I'll give some thoughts, but don't take any credence to them. But the first point, I think if we look at who Amanda Nunes is, has been the way she conducts herself, a lot of what she's talked about is legacy. A lot of what she talks about is being the greatest female fighter, the greatest fighter of all time. She talks about wanting to go in there and dominate every second of every fight. She's, you know, in, in the build-up to the Pena fight, in one of the press conferences, she was allowing Pena to say whatever she wanted to say. And then somebody asked her a question and she was like, I don't care what this woman has to say. Like, she has nothing for me. Now that's aged badly, fine. But like, does this, does the point of legacy play into her mind? Undoubtedly, it does. And I think that that point will show us a lot about whether our previous thoughts as to whether this was just a camp issue, maybe an outside of training thing, maybe an injury, whatever, or whether it's that the lifestyle around Amanda Nunes has changed and forced her to take a back step in terms of her uh, hunger towards the sport. That legacy question, I think, is going to be a big marker as to which one of those options she's taken. If she goes in there and looks as slow and as lackadaisical and as unfocused and unmotivated in the next fight with, with Pena, we have seen that legacy clearly does not mean as much as we thought it did to Amanda Nunes at this point. You mentioned Conor McGregor before, Conor McGregor in in Reykjavik, in Iceland, on those red mats, 
in the old Milner was talking about, as you said, I'm obsessed with this game. This is all I think about. This is all I want to do. And then he said, I want to get in, get rich and get out. He got in and he got rich. He didn't get out though, you know? And again, I don't think that legacy means as much to McGregor as other things mean in terms of this sport. Money is a very lucrative, very addictive, very transformative object. If that has taken Amanda Nunes under its wing, then to your point, the the intangible, the immeasurable, it's unbelievably negative, right? For us as MMA fans, right? For Amanda Nunes, it's fucking brilliant. She's putting her life's work into getting this bank balance, getting this financial freedom and stability, and now she's got it for herself and her family. She'll go in against Pena, maybe take a loss, get paid a bag, and say thanks for the cheese. See you later. I, uh, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. The weird thing about this is, right, I don't think we've any reference point in mixed martial arts for someone doing this before. Like, we've reference points for people uh, having you know, a bad performance or a bad night or losing badly and coming back and, you know, either beating that person or going on a long run like Manny Nunes herself got knocked out by Katsingana, came back and we've seen it with all different people. But have we ever seen someone, like, people might say, oh, Matt Sarah versus GSP. And I remember having that argument at the time. Matt, if you look up the, the record, I don't have it in front of me. GSP was something like 11 fights into his career or something at that time. GSP wasn't the, the greatest of all time at that time. If he had lost, let's say, to Carlos Condit or lost to, you know, even Josh Koscik or someone like that and then come back and done it, that'd be a little bit different. But I, I don't like... Anderson lost to Chris Weidman, but then it was the leg break the next time. So it was a bit weird, you know, and and it didn't come back the way he did. Obviously, John Jones has, has never lost in terms of, you know, outside of the early days and with the disqualification. Habib Nurmagomedov never lost. We saw, okay, McGregor lose and he did come back the way he did it as well, but he's a different situation because he kind of went away to boxing then. It wasn't for a championship. It was short notice and all that. It was it was very different. I, he McGregor wasn't the star he would become a couple of months almost later with the McGregor or with the Mayweather thing and all then. You know, maybe going back a little bit further, people can say it. But I think MMA was different back then. You know, if Chuck lost, you know, the whole Chuck and Tito thing, and Chuck lost to Randy, and then he came back and beat him as well. Now I'm delving into the fucking uh, the, the depths of, of Sherdog there, maybe, in, the, uh, in terms of my mind, and having not looked at that for a while. But I, I, can't, I can't think of, like, a modern reference point either. Like, Demetrius lost to Henry, but then he was gone out of the UFC as well. So it's it's a weird one. You think of all the people who've lost recently, and if you're and the the point I, the reason I'm saying that is you look at other sports, and it's funny I was and I thought this is going to be a weird example. I talk about Limerick won the All Ireland and hurling last year, right? And it was the hottest day. Sorry, I have to mention it. It was the hottest day on record in Ireland in 135 years, and they asked him after the game, and this could be any sport now. So, I'm, but they asked him after the game, did the, the heat get to you? And they were saying, oh no, last year we played Tipperary in this game and it was actually hot. I felt hotter that day. We were used to it. We had that reference point. We knew it could be done. You know, if uh, you often hear people saying in fight sports and in other sports, I remember this happening. So I did that and it was like, you know, it gave me this reference point. And that's a big thing in sports and a big thing in psychology. 
there really isn't that reference point for someone who is at the very top of the game to be beaten by someone who wasn't expecting him to lose like this and come back and do it like that. As I said, look, maybe you can use Matt Sarah GSP as a reference point, or maybe you can use McGregor Diaz, but I, I don't think they are true reference points. And that that might sound like a, an obscure thing to say, but there's this thing, you know, well, is it is it Occam's razor or is it one of those other things? Like the most obvious thing, if you're looking at it, is the, is probably the answer. Isn't that it? Or am I gone mad? It's if you haven't seen it before, then it's something that is unusual. It's something that's obvious that's not likely to happen. So for Amanda Nunes to go in and win this fight, as crazy as it might sound, it's not something we usually see. And like the refer- the reason for that probably is because there hasn't been that many greatest of all time consensus over the last while. And I'm obviously very much nitpicking in some of them as well. But for her to do it will be something very different and will be something very special, I think. And coming into that first fight, I'll throw it over to you because I want to get your thoughts very much in this because this is from a more technical uh, point of view and I, lo- I know you love the, the technique of the fights. But coming into that fight, I think me and you probably went down a preview, Sean, and go, look, even if Amanda Nunes doesn't show up, Julianne Pena probably doesn't have the skill set to beat her anyway. Now we know she does. So uh, when Amanda Nunes, let's say, doesn't turn up. Now, Maybe you could say Amanda Nunes came out and she was her best and she beat her at her best. I don't agree with that, but if you want to say that, grand. But what we do know from a factual point of view is Juliana Pena's skill set can beat a skill set Amanda Nunes turns up with. She has that reference point. She has the reference point that I beat her once before and I can do it again. And when you see something happening, you can see it happening again. It's very imagined, it's very hard to imagine something new that you've never ever seen before. But imagine something you've seen before is a lot easier to do. For, and that's for Nunes and Pena. And you have to remember that from both sides as well. From Pena, it's the obvious one. She's going to have more confidence coming in here. I beat this woman once before, I can beat her again. But Amanda Nunes, how is she going to get over that? She beat me once before, can she beat me again? Negative aspect of that. And I'm sure she'd come into the fight positive and everything like that. But having looked at that, right? And looked at the skill set. I want to ask you quickly about the skill sets because we won't spend too much time on that, obviously, because the lads will have bro- broke it down and everything. The Julianus Pena skill set of kind of pressure and being on your face and non-stop, that's a very hard thing to live with. One, if you're ill-prepared, but two, if you have a couple of mental demons in terms of, well, look, that happened before, can it happen again? And if you get kind of, you know, if you fall down a hill, you're going to keep rolling. It's very hard, hard to stop that uh, that roll from going. What you want to do is stop standing at the top of the hill and fucking walk down the other way. And that's what Amanda Nunes really needs to do here. Do I have that right? Do you, like, the, the, what Nunes needs to do, I think, here is dominate this fight early. Because if she doesn't, Pena does have that skill set to put it on her and keep putting it on her. So I think there's two points I'd like to make. The first is actually on Pena. Like you mentioned there, it's easy to imagine something that has already been imagined and you're absolutely right. In the same vein, I wonder whether Pena comes in a little overconfident here. Could do. Because Pena comes in thinking, Jesus, I thought this woman was a destroyer. And she came in and she didn't hurt me. She didn't drop me. She didn't robble me. I landed a couple of jabs to her face and all of a sudden she's tired. I see where you're going here. <laughs> yes, you could be right. Her. And I don't even tap with a short choke. Like I've got half an arm around her throat and she's tapping. Like 
is there an edge of overconfidence here? Can Amanda Nunes play into that? I think the rhetoric and the storylines coming into this one is, is so interesting given the jeopardy of it. But just to touch on the, the technical analysis, I think Amanda Nunes has to gain respect early. What we saw in the first fight was, as you said, Pena pressured, 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 was using the jab. But Nunes wasn't moving her head. She wasn't moving her feet. She wasn't countering as effectively as she usually does. The shots that she was hitting were glancing or Pena wasn't there for them. I think Nunes has to come in. And if Pena decides to, to do the same thing, stand in the pocket, be available for shots, Nunes has to land and land well. She has to sway Pena from charging on forward and landing those jabs and pushing Amanda on the back foot. As we know, it is far easier to fight on the front foot than it is on the back foot. Going backwards is far more tiring, far more exhausting mentally and physically than fighting on the front foot. So if I'm Amanda Nunes, maybe you even just grapple, right? Maybe you shoot some takedowns. Maybe you force a new look. You force Pena to not be able to just write the same playbook in her head when it comes to the actuality. You want to smash all the illusions that she has in her head. That this is going to be the same one-way street. And you do that via, via versatility and respect whether that's from forcing her to the cage, taking her down, forcing her to the cage, landing some elbows, landing some knees, controlling the distance, controlling the range, or just landing some shots on her chin and being like, just so you know, I'm here for this one. That's how she does it. It's a good point. And I, I think it's what rematches recently. If we don't want to talk about references again, uh, reference points again, rematches a lot recently do t tend to turn into more technical affairs because you not only have the tape that you watch going into the first fight, you also have the tape of you versus her, you know, from obviously from this point of view. So it usually does turn into more technical matchups. Now, I, I, I had never thought of what you just said there, but I think you might be right. I think Nunes might come out here and just grapple with her. Like it's, if only to give her a bit of confidence in round one. Let's say she takes her down, gets on top. Even if she doesn't do much, stay in that half guard, land a few elbows, land a few shots. Pena's tough. She'll, you know, she'll probably survive it. Now, maybe Amanda Nunes goes all out and gets the finish within two minutes or something like that on top because she's a very good mountain. She can take her back and choke her out or, you know, if she is looking good. Uh, but I, I think that might be the way to do it because the, the key, I think, to this final, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up on this maybe. And the key to... Uh, you know, we're, we're not talking so much about the technical an analysis here, more so than like the mindset and more so from the point of view of Amanda Nunes. The key to this, I think, is confidence. And the key to this is being the greatest of all time. Because if she doesn't act, think, fight like the greatest of all time, she won't be the greatest of all time when this fight ends. And that's as simple as that. And uh, I think we leave it at that. That's a good way to end it. Harry, thank you very much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to the fight even more now <laughs> this weekend. It's going to be really, really fun. As I said, follow him over on Twitter at BJJ underscore Harry Paul. He's always a lot of great stuff out. You can see it all up there on his Twitter. Uh, thank you very much, Harry, again. Thank you as well to everybody for listening. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com, and I will see you all next time.